The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna Well, hello everyone, and um, thank you for joining me today on the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Yes, I am your host, Vincent Jenna, and I am coming to you live from Holly Springs, North Carolina. And it's so fun listening to the commercials before uh, I start broadcasting. It really is. But I have to tell you something. You know what I'm tired of hearing? I'm tired of hearing, but it's necessary to hear it right now. I am tired of hearing, welcome, LBGTQ community. You're accepted here. It's necessary, but um, let's add, welcome, black people. You're accepted here. Welcome, women. You're accepted here. Welcome, Asians. You're accepted here. Welcome, short blonde people. You're accepted here. Welcome, Irish people with very full red hair. You're accepted here. Welcome, little people. You're accepted here. You know what? When are we going to get over having to welcome any group to the place they belong? We're all one. Welcome, family. Welcome, everyone. That's what I want to hear one day that everyone is accepting of. Welcome, everyone, rather than having to indicate a group because they don't feel welcome, because they're not fully accepted, because they are abused and antagonized. And uh, all this racism really does bother me that we have to point it out still in our... We're... We are trying to go on a spiritual journey, right? And at least our group, and I'm not, believe me, I'm not criticizing unity at all because it's it's important that we recognize that these people who do not feel um, completely safe within the society because of the way some people are treating them, um, we do have to mention it the same way as uh, we mentioned things like Black Lives Matter, Right. Whenever we have a problem with a minority, when there is abuse going on and racism and prejudice and bigotry and all of that nonsense, we have to point out the importance of recognizing that these people are important. But in our spiritual community, we also have to recognize that we don't have to point out people. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) right. So so it's wonderful to know 
that um, we are one big whole family, you know, and one day, one day, my dream, my dream, and I'm, I look, I'm, I'm about ready to say my bucket list before I wind up leaving this earth is hoping to hear uh, full acceptance of <laughs> I am really reaching for the stars right now. It'd be easier for me to win an Academy Award right now, even though I'm not doing any acting, than it is for everybody on this planet to be accepted as one big family. But we are still going to strive for that, right? And I have some exciting shows coming up, and today's going to be exciting, absolutely, because of I've got a, a, a wonderful special guest that has returned. Well, I'll talk about her in just a moment. Um, but you want to definitely come back here July. July is going to be a, a powerful month, as usual, as every show is powerful. But next week, um, we're going to be talking about freedom and free will. And I'm going to be talking about the uh, fallacies and the myths of the idea and the actual truth of what freedom and free will is all about, because they do go hand in hand. They go, do go hand in hand. And we tend to um, misunderstand both concepts, okay? And it gets us in trouble, freedom and free will. So that's next week. And then the week after that, I am going to be taking everybody on a journey. You want to know? So many people are asking me, how do I talk to God? How do I communicate with spirit? Um, how do I hear them? How do I listen? Well, I'm going to take you on that journey and do an actual reverie, guided meditation for everyone to experience a communication with spirit. You will have an absolute communication with spirit and hear a message. So you definitely want to join me July 14th, okay? That's um, then. And, and I mean, talking about July, today is the last day of June, and I'm already feeling the days getting longer. No, sorry, shorter. We already had longer. It's shorter. Have you noticed that? The sun is setting sooner? Well, I count down to Christmas now anyway, so to me, the days are definitely, they are getting shorter by, you know, uh, by right here. That's uh, the way it goes. But I can't believe we have reached the midway point already in this year. This is crazy, absolutely crazy. So I don't want to waste any more time because the time is getting shorter. But I don't want to take it up because this special guest that I had brought on back in May, um, she's special in more ways than one. She's an incredible inspiration because of the journey she just recently took losing, I believe now, and she'll correct me in a moment, over or close to 185 pounds <sighs> through a, a very... Um, life-threatening alteration as well as an emotional transformation and that's what she spoke about the first time that she was on so you want to go back and you want to look her name is Kimberly Bryant and the second reason why she is so special actually the first reason to me why she is so special is because she's my daughter Yes, she is. I'm proud to say and honored to say and blessed to say that Kimberly Jenna Bryant is my daughter and she is here with us today. Hey, hon, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me back. 
Oh, you got to thank me? No, I'd have you back. You need to co-host with me at times. I think that that would be a lot of fun. Father-daughter uh, unity um, show. That's different. Yeah, Nobody that'd be a lot of fun. That. <laughs> that'd definitely be unique. Yeah, that would be definitely unique. You know, we sang together. We performed in a show together because we're yeah. both performers. And my daughter, I have to brag. I have to do some bragging before we continue. I so um, here she is after it's been some time since she's done any performing because she went through this entire process of a major surgery and then a healing process. And so she has finally gone out into the performing world again. So all you people who live in North Carolina area, I don't care anywhere in North Carolina, it's absolutely worth taking a trip to Raleigh Little Theater, which is one of the most professional community theaters. I say community theater because the theater resides in the community and the actors don't get paid, but it is far beyond a community theater is absolutely equal to professional regional theater. Um, I would argue that, uh, you know, till the day I die with them. And she is in a show and it's a fabulous show because it only consists of six women. It's called Beehive. Beehive. It's songs of the 50s and 60s sung by six women. It's going to be fabulous. And and what are the dates um, of the performances, hun? When does it start? It's August 12th. Um, it starts August 12th, and it runs um, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday through the month of August. That's fabulous. And it's running. They have one of the most gorgeous amphitheaters built into the side of this hill with a gorgeous rose garden, a tremendous rose garden behind it. There are so many weddings that are done in that garden because it's beautiful in downtown Raleigh, right across the way from NC State University. And um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited to be there. So the tickets go on sale tomorrow, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. It's going to be great. It's it's a jukebox musical. It's basically a concert of 60 songs, and it's going to be, like you said, in their outdoor theater. So just come and check it out. It's basically a concert. That's it. And if you're if you're not into 50s, 60s music, you will be if you hear my daughter. So you've got <laughs> to come down and hear my daughter. So there, a big promo spot for you, honey, because you deserve yes, it. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, so last time you were here, we were talking about you going through this crazy surgery. Um, briefly, just um, remind everybody what the surgery actually was. Yeah, so I actually had um, weight loss surgery, also known as bariatric surgery. Um, there are different types. Um, the specific one that I had um, was the duodenal switch. And basically, it's a combination of multiple surgeries in that they removed um, probably over half of my stomach. So um, our stomachs are normally the size of a football, and I now work with the size of a banana um, is my stomach. And then they also shortened my intestines um, so that I don't absorb everything that I eat. So um, that was back in March of 2020. Right. 
And it's it's crazy because it's reason why it's life threatening because people can suffer from malnutrition from this, right? Yeah, you you have to be very careful. You have to make sure that everything that you eat is nutritious because of the malabsorption aspect of the surgery. You are on vitamins the rest of your life, and there are people that if they don't, um, if they're not careful taking their vitamins or if they're not careful making sure to eat nutritious foods, um, they do become malnourished and can be underweight and have vitamin deficiencies. Um, So it is a very serious um, surgery, but for me, it was necessary. Right. And so now we just reminded everybody what exactly it was that you went through. But our biggest journey here and why I'm having you on the show is how you were able to take such a step like that. So remind everybody what you needed to do to take a self-love, self-help state. What did you do? Step, I mean. Well, there was a lot of work to it. It wasn't just a single step. You know, I struggled a lot with my um, self-love and um, I and my self-worth. And I turned to food for comfort and I um, became pretty heavy. And, you know, my whole life I dieted. You know, I tried to take control of my life, but nothing ever worked um, because I didn't really love myself or accept myself. And, you know, there's a step, you know, there's multiple steps you have to take to love and care enough about yourself to go through a surgery like this Um, because, a lot of people think, oh, you're going to lose the weight and then you're going to love yourself. And that's definitely not what it is. You have to um, really look into yourself and um, realize that you're worthy of making your life better. And how hard, I'm um, sorry and to interrupt that, you. How hard was yeah. it for you to look into yourself? Oh, it was the hardest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. You know, I had been in therapy um, since, age nine. And, you know, I have always been a very emotional person and struggled with my self love. And, um, you know, I was very aware of all of my emotions. Um, But I, so looking in and being aware of how you feel is completely different than looking in and being aware that one of those things you feel is that you don't actually love yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter how much you think you do. Um, that I always felt one of the things I talked about last time was that I felt broken and I never realized that. And so it wasn't until, you know, I did a lot of that self-work. It wasn't until it kind of clicked that I wasn't broken, that I was able to start working on that self-love aspect and actually start to believe that I was worthy. Um, and then, you know, after that time, you know, it took some time um, doing that. Um, and after that, I was finally able to take the step to have the surgery. And of course, you know, that, you know, that self-love journey continues, but it gave me enough to take that step to have the surgery. Well, that's wonderful that you said so many profound things and uh, that I can point them all out. It'll take the rest of the show just doing that. But yeah. one of the things that I love that you said is that, you, you, when you went inside, you found out that, you know, whether you thought you loved yourself or believed in yourself, you found that you didn't. 
Um, yeah. Now, now, so here's the, then the next question, just to share, is what motivated you to even take that first self-love step? Because that is the biggest problem that people have. So what you said about going within and the hardest thing was to have to face your darkness. Yes, absolutely mm-hmm. agree with that. That's everybody's hardest thing to do. However, then, what the most difficult thing becomes is the willingness to take that first lunge and step. So what motivated that for you? And, you know, I'll even say that that motivation was probably harder um, because, you know, you go through your you go through your whole life. And you, you continue to say to yourself, oh, I want to change. I want to grow. But you never actually make and take the steps to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. The, yeah. The motivation, it, it, it wasn't just a click. It wasn't one singular thing that happened that I suddenly was like, okay, I'm going to do this. It was a lot of things. There was the fact that I really wanted to be a mom and I really wanted to have kids. How can I you know, do that if carry a child, if I can't even carry myself up the steps, you know, there are a lot of moments like those that I just had constant thoughts about, of I'm to have a child, I can't even care for myself, how am I going to care for someone else? And so that started motivating me. And then I started seeing other people going through some self love transformation. And, you know, I realized, um, you know, if they're capable of doing it, I'm capable of doing it. Um, and it was kind of a mixture of things. You know, I continued in my therapy. And I think there was just like, it was a slow moment of, okay, I think I'm ready. And um, it's, I think people look for that singular moment that's going to motivate them, and they're not going to find it. I think it's just a matter of, um just continuously trying and not giving up and being open and willing um, to admit that you're wrong, to admit that you're wrong about what you believe about yourself and things are going to be different. We get comfortable in what we think and how we feel. And I think you just, that's, you have to take the step to, okay, I'm going to have to go out of my comfort zone. And I think- Oh, my goodness. No, I'm sorry, hon. I didn't mean to interrupt nope, that. But please, it, it just, <clears throat> okay. So everybody has to hear what Kimberly said here because it'll also answer the question as to why are we all together on the face of this planet? Why don't we have our own individual planets? And I know that that statement doesn't sound like it connects at all with what Kimberly said. But but correct me if I'm wrong, hon. When you're thinking about yourself only, because you lack the self-worth, you could not find that internal motivation. It wasn't until you looked outside of you and you looked to having a child, which is outside of you, and you look mm-hmm. to other people who were doing it themselves, which is outside of you, you then got the hope or idea, well, maybe 
that's worth me going after. Because for people need to understand, if anybody has ever worked with a suicide person, which I have, being a psychotherapist, what we look for is when we make contracts with people who are afraid they're going to commit suicide, we ask them, why wouldn't you commit suicide? If they say things like, well, I want to live, um, well, I still uh, think I have things that I want to achieve, that's not a good enough commitment because that person doesn't feel worthy to start with. So why would anything about the self motivate a person to not kill themselves? It's not until mm -hmm. they say something like, I couldn't destroy my family, I couldn't hurt my children, that we know, okay, that's a good commitment. That's a safer commitment. So in turn, Kimberly, you did the same thing. You looked outside of you at others, at the world, at life, to use that to motivate you to do then something internal. Do you see what I mean and what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's very true. And that's so, but that's such a wonderful point because that's why we're here to help each other. Now, through all of this, you got to share. Did you have any support or did you do this all by yourself? Oh, I absolutely had support. You know, um, yes, I will take the credit in the fact that I did the work. Um, mm. But I had the support system beside me knowing that if I fell, they were there to catch me. And who is that support system? Well, obviously you guys, you and mom. <laughs> and then oh, um, we definitely were there for you. Yes. Yes. You were definitely right by my side. And then of course my husband um, and my friends, you know, I mean, my husband was probably the biggest support of all, of you know, he's there with me as well every as day. Should be. Yeah. Um, I just explain I, I mean, I why say, couples come together because you can yeah, do things absolutely. in life, but when you have the support of a partner and somebody deeper in love with you, it makes life easier. It does. It does. And I do want to say that, yes, having the support system made it possible and made it easier. Um, but yeah, you. I still did the work. I still did, right. you know, the that heavy lifting. So it's it is possible for those that may be single or aren't surrounded by family to do it. It's just going to be harder. And they have to find a support. There's always yeah. Weren't you part of a support group, or you went online, yeah. or even on Facebook? You were talking with them. Yeah, you I'm went to an those. outpatient yeah. clinic. Yeah, and I'm still part of those. I actually went and did. Um, eating disorder treatment before I had my surgery um, to correct my relationship with food. And there I was surrounded by people with all different levels of support. Um, and there is always some sort of support system. You know, you just have to take the step to find it. Um, so if you don't have a relationship with your parents, you know, or have a spouse or a significant other, you can absolutely find friends or a support group of people going through something similar. Um, but there is absolutely support out there. And do you think that that applies to anything that you go through in life, that there is always some kind of support to find? Absolutely. You would not be surprised. The number, I mean, just specifically to Facebook, we'll just give this as an example. 
you would not be surprised the number of Facebook groups there are for support. Um, you can search something specific that you are struggling with, and there will more than likely be a Facebook group that is that is private, that is for people going through something similar to what you are going through. Absolutely. And everybody complains about Facebook, but it has some major benefits in connecting us with support members and people who do care, as well as, yeah. of course, people who like to hang out their laundry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but that is wonderful. And we're, we're winding down for this half hour really soon, um, just to say so. But um, OK, so. You use the motivation and, and and so all along, was it once you were involved, was it an easy process to start believing in yourself once you saw all the dark side? No, it, it's it's a never ending process, basically. It does make the rest of your life easier, but the process itself, um, it doesn't end. There might be moments where it's easier and there might be moments where it's harder. It's you know, it's just like life. It's a reflection of life. It's a roller coaster. Um, you know, you you basically are removing the Band-Aid from a festering wound. And then now you have to do the work to heal that wound. It's going to hurt. It's, you know, there's going to be moments where the infection may spread. There's going to be moments where you may bleed. You know, but you, but all, but the entire time you're healing from the bottom up, you know, and there are going to be times when it looks ugly, you know, um, but it's, but it's worth it because in the end you will ultimately heal. Oh, that's, you see, that's what I really want to talk about when we get back from the commercial break in just a minute is that it's worth it. It's worth it. You just used the most important words. It's worth it. We're going to figure out how it becomes worth it. I want to talk to you also um, about times that you wanted to give up or if you give up mm -hmm. for something like that. I mean, how do you give up a weight loss thing like that? You know, yeah. it, it, you give up taking care of yourself that could lead to like you said the malnutrition and death but but it's so easy for people to start a process sometimes easier to do that than to continue the process so mm -hmm. you were saying Absolutely. it because there's so many people motivated out there okay and they're always saying and that there's so many programs that people are involved in and that people have taken so many different types of programs for constant growth and it's never ever a continual thing for them it winds up stopping a matter of fact the book that i wrote god it's not working is based completely on the fact that it either doesn't work for people or they stop, but it is working for you and you have results. So I definitely need you to share that. So this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. And my daughter, Kimberly Jenna Bryant, is our special guest today. Stay with us. And Kimberly is going to continue on how she made it through to today. Thanks for joining us. Discover the power within. 
Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. If you are just joining me, I have one of the most special guests in the world, my daughter, Kimberly Jenna Bryant, on with us to share her her physical, mental, and spiritual journey. Um, and that word spiritual, I just heard another commercial, which I just wanted to comment on again. Um, if you are going to a community, a religious or spiritual community that does not accept you or who you love, they are not a spiritual or religious community. They have nothing to do with God. So you might as well. It could be a group of the Sons of Italy or whatever, but they are not a spiritual community that <laughs> has nothing to do with God, okay? So just had to comment on that. So we're back with my daughter. She's talking about some of the most important things, really mental stuff and spiritual stuff besides the physical stuff she went through. So, Han, so you went through the surgery and, and having, you know, watched you go through it and everything, I know you had some hard times afterwards yeah. um, physically, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, with any type of bariatric surgery, the first, you know, it takes um, a couple months until you are fully healed. And it's common to go through some complications during that time. Um, but my complications kind of continued past that. I, I was experiencing um, a lot of nausea, basically 24-7, um, all the way through to six months. And um, I couldn't go a day without taking anti-nausea medication. And even with the medication, I couldn't really eat. Um, so, yeah, so weight was coming off. The surgery was doing what it was supposed to do. But I felt like crap. <laughs> and, um, and I just, I, I felt um, hopeless, hopeless a little bit because I didn't want to, I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do myself? Is I gonna, am I going to feel this way the rest of my life? Um, you know, cause the doctor oh, wow. said, you know, that it could continue because it, at this point, you know, it was just something that I was going to live with that they didn't know if it was going to go away. Um, but I had some tests done and, um, found out that I, I did have some issues with, um, one of my stomach valves and stuff like that. So I did have to go back in and have, um, some work done um, but there were periods there where I definitely felt um, hopeless, um, like, you know, questioning what I did to myself and, you know, was it worth it? Um, but I had to do a lot of um, self-work to remind myself of the reasons why I had the surgery. And um, and I had to remind myself, and this is something, too, that I know, you know, we want to talk about is that... Um, the work for self-love is definitely a journey. And I had to remind myself that every single day is a new day. So, yes, today I feel like crap, and there's no guarantee that I'm going to feel like that again tomorrow. So let's just focus on the moment and know that it's not going to be forever, and then we'll, 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 we'll attack tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Okay, so stop there one second, which is very important. Yeah. All right. 
So in order to even get to that ability to be able to stop your thoughts and to reframe them, that's what we call it in the psychological world. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know that already. It You have to oh, been doing the work previously, earlier, which is yeah. what you did the full year before the surgery to go into the dark space. So you've got to do that work in order to then continue to motivate you when things may get out of hand or unexpected sidetracks and get motivated yeah. again. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. You, you have to do the work to um, identify the issue, basically. You have to identify, you have to take off the Band-Aid, like I was saying before the break. You have to take off the Band-Aid, identify the issue, identify the wound, um, clean it out, do all that work, and then you start working on the healing process. Um, so you can't just start healing without cleaning out the wound first. That's not, it's not going to work that way um, because you will continue to feel, you'll, it's basically, I'm, I'm going to go into um, more specifically weight loss just because it's easier for me to uh, talk about, but it's, it's basically like going on a diet without fixing your relationship with food. If you go on a diet, you may lose a little bit of weight, but the minute you got off that diet, you're going to gain that weight back because you did not fix your relationship with food. You know, just like with a wound, if you, if you try to put some, you know, cover it up with a Band-Aid, but you didn't clean it out, that dirt is going to fester and you're going to create an infection. So you have to clean out and do the work first um, before you can start to heal. So, okay. And, and when you're talking about the wounds and the cleaning out and all of that, it's about getting rid of the defense mechanisms that may be blocking yeah. you from seeing what the wounds are and then not being afraid to face what you're feeling about yourself. Is that what you're saying is like what the cleaning Absolutely. process was? Absolutely. I had to, I actually went through um, a little bit of EMDR. Um, I don't know if uh, people are familiar Emot with it, but it's a light yeah. bar, light bar treatment. Um, that they actually use for PTSD and all that stuff. But um, I basically had to go through and really look at um, what it is that I truly felt about myself. And I had to stop defending, um, being defensive. I had to stop putting up that wall of, well, nothing's wrong with me. Everything's wrong with the world, you know, well, mm. I, I was walking around with these glasses of, well, the reason I don't have friends is because everyone else is messed up. It's not because something's wrong with me. When ultimately we all know deep down inside, it's because we don't feel good about ourselves. Um, and it's just a matter of taking off those glasses and and really looking at yourself in the mirror. You just, yeah, you just made it sound like you've been taking all of my classes and listening to all of my <laughs> shows because now this is just my daughter saying it because it's coming from her and her own experience world. I would need you to know that. But what do I say all the time? I say all the time is that your defenses, it's easier. Your mind needs to protect you from your emotional pain. So it creates a whole new set of beliefs to shield you and protect you. And some of those mm -hmm. beliefs saw, well, it's not me. It's not my fault. It's everybody else because it's too painful to do what you just did. Okay. So you, you went in 
and you felt the pain of believing that about yourself. So let me ask you this. How did you figure out, hun, that none of that was true? You know, I, I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, it, it took a lot of therapy sessions of having just a good therapist, really. But hearing it from someone else and saying it to me over and over again, you're not broken, you know, that didn't really help me. You know, it really, I really had to look at myself and, mm-hmm. um, and say, what, what is it? about you that makes you feel broken okay well why does that what if i had to really ask myself well what if you're not broken what if you're just like everybody else what if you know you created this defense defense mechanism um and you are perfectly normal and you are worthy of love and um, you just have to learn how to handle it and and move forward. And I suddenly started thinking those things. I started questioning, well, what if I'm not broken? What if what if I am just like a normal human being? And um, and it slowly it was a very slow process and it slowly just clicked. And suddenly one day I was able to just be like, OK, I'm not broken. And um Mm, that's, wow. I think that's the thing that everyone needs to know is that it's not an easy fix. Like you, you do have to go in and it's going to take time. The, the world, especially of America, but humans in general, we like that instant gratification. Um, and you're not going to get that. <laughs> um, no, it, you're it not. Time. And it sounds like you went through two major surgeries, one yeah. to fix the body Two, to fix your mind and heart. Absolutely. And both are required because we are body, mind, and spirit. So I'm going to jump you ahead now to today, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. So you lost a ton of weight. You look absolutely gorgeous. Okay, that, but that's the physical world. Big deal. All right. There's a lot of pretty women in the world. You know, you even got yourself a tattoo with mom to commemorate <laughs> what you achieved and to remember grandma with the butterflies. And that looks cute, too, and all wonderful. So what's the big deal about going through all of this work? What was it really worth for you, Kimberly? Oh, it was worth everything. It was worth the world. I feel, I truly feel, I want, it's kind of weird. I feel like a new person, but really, I finally feel like myself. I finally feel like I'm not fighting against the world anymore. I finally feel free. I finally feel, yes, I lost over 170 pounds of weight physically, but I truly lost 170 pounds of weight mentally. I don't feel like I'm walking through mud. I don't feel like I'm drowning in quicksand. I, I truly feel like I can walk through the world and, and I feel free. And I finally feel part of part of a universe that isn't fighting me anymore. Um, and and I just, and it's, it's worth it. You, you truly feel, and 
it's so interesting. I don't want to say this too. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think it contradicts everything that you say, but you know, we, we do these things so we can accomplish our goals. Right. Um, and it's like, we have these goals. And so now I have this feeling of, yes, now I can accomplish my goal, but it's almost as if the goal isn't necessary to make me worthy anymore. You know, we have this idea of I have to accomplish this to be worthy, to be successful. And yes, I go through all these steps to to better myself so that I can accomplish my goal to be successful. And yes, I still want that, but now it's not necessary. Now it's now I know I can be successful and worthy in my own self without accomplishing my goals. And now it's like accomplishing my goals is just the, the topping on the cake. You know, the cake itself is yeah. me. I, you I just, I'm realize, sorry, hon, hold yeah. the thought, hold the thought. But every time you say something like that, it's necessary for me to jump in to point out. Please you do. just step this up from a body-mind process to a body-mind-and-spirit process because what you just said is the whole reason why the soul comes down on the earth is to just feel and find out that it is worthy that it is loved mm -hmm. it's beautiful it's wonderful it doesn't have to go through everything in order to feel that way it just is now but we go through that yeah. stuff to find that out so you just stepped it up completely to a body, mind, spirit experience, which is the reason why I wanted you on to start with, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that is amazing what you said, and I want you to continue that. I didn't want you to uh, wanted to interrupt, but you keep saying these profound things <laughs> that the goal isn't as important as recognizing that you just can love yourself now for who you are. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and you know what? It doesn't make me want to achieve my goal any less. The goal just doesn't feel as, like I said, as necessary. It doesn't feel like I need my goal to be worthy. I'm already worthy in myself, but the goal will just be really something cool to have as well. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is once you finally realize that you're worthy, you know, it makes everything else just seem not as important, you know, um, not yeah. as dire. It doesn't identify who you are. It sounds exactly. like the process and the steps you took identified more of who you were rather than the outcome. The outcome is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Would you say Absolutely. that? That the process yeah. was really yeah, the, the learning part? Absolutely. And I also want to point out, too, that, yes, I feel worthy now. And, yes, I have this self-love. But that does not mean that every day is cake and butterflies, you know. That's the thing that's important for people to understand is you do all this work. Um, and, yes, you're healing. And, yes, I would say that I am pretty healed. But I also know that every day is a new day and there could be – you know, it's just like the, the, the roller coaster of life, you know, every day I can encounter a challenge and it could be harder that day. And I could really struggle with my self-belief that day. But I think the biggest difference now is that I know that it doesn't define me. I can because have of all the day. work you went through. 
Exactly. So I went through all this work and I know I can have a bad day and it doesn't mean the world is over. It doesn't mean that I'm not successful. It doesn't mean that, oh, my surgery was a complete waste. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure and a terrible human being. It just means, okay, I'm having a bad day emotionally. I'm struggling a little bit with my, you know, self-love, but I know I'm so worthy and tomorrow's a new day. And you just give yourself that grace. Um, and it makes it easier to do that. Yeah, it's so funny because um, what one of the things that I tell everybody, and I don't know if, if you've heard me ever say this, but I tell people to create a spiritual bank account the spiritual bank account. So in other words, you go out in life and you do good things and you do your own spiritual practices, whether it be meditate, whether it be read a good book, whether it be get enough sleep for yourself, care about yourself, and you keep making these deposits into a bank account, shall we say. So that way, when there is a crisis, you can withdraw on it. So like the time that I had my heart attack, even though I had a heart attack, and I had a 99% blockage in a major artery because I had a nice size bank account to draw upon because of the work I do. There was absolutely no damage to my heart. Um, I can function as a very healthy, normal human being now. And uh, now I just keep taking care of myself and my cholesterol. Now, what you're talking mm -hmm. about, what I hear that we also need to create is a emotional and mental bank account. So Absolutely. by doing all the work you did prior to this surgery and during and up until now, you're making these deposits of good mental health choices in this bank account. So that way, when one day you, you're feeling bad or two days or whatever, and our life is not going well or there's more stress in the world or at work, you can make a withdrawal on that mental bank account to get you back up. That's the kind of metaphor that I use about both. Would you say that that's what you've done is you're withdrawing from your mental bank account because you made so much deposit in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the other thing, too, um, that might, like, I don't want to say counter it a little bit, but I don't think that it's necessarily, like, it's kind of a never-ending bank account. Once yes. you've done the work, you're building that foundation, so it's never-ending. So there's not this, um, like, limit to it. Um, I think it's just I've created that foundation of a, of that bank account now, and I've deposited everything I need for the rest of my life in that bank account because I've done the work. Um, That's exactly. Yeah, you're not countering what yeah. I said at all. Some people, because they don't do the work, they're constantly only trying to make withdrawals. And mm -hmm. that's why they end up in emotional distress because they've got no energy. Another word for that is energy. Um, they have no energy to pull from. Uh, and yeah. so you, you need that. So, so given where you are today, where do you see the rest of your life going at this point? This is one of those hard questions. Like I'm interviewing you for a job or something. Miss yeah. <laughs> um, Bryant, uh, where do you see yourself five years from now? You know, it, it's kind of like what I said, if I have those goals, um, you know, if everything worked out exactly as I want, you know, my husband and I will have kids. 
you know, I'll have, you know, a nice, stable career, we'll live in a gorgeous home and, you know, white picket fence and all that. Um, and I will continue living a, a healthy and happy life. You know, that's the ideal scenario for me. Um, but realistically, I, I see myself just taking every day and remembering that I am in a human body and that I have a human experience and that um, I have emotions and that sometimes they may be a lot for me to handle, but every moment's a new moment and I can get through it. And I think I just have to give myself grace. And so I, I really just try to take each day as its own. So yes, I have those goals of where I would love to be, but I, I think moving forward um, where I see myself is just allowing myself to be free and continue to loving myself because it feels amazing. It feels, wait a minute. It feels amazing to love yourself. <laughs> it does. How you know, so? even in, is, uh, even uh, in yeah, it feels amazing to moments. have worth. I know. Even in those down moments, even when I am feeling my worst, it still feels better than when I didn't love myself, you know, even when, and it's funny because I, I just had therapy yesterday um, and I was talking to my therapist and I said, even when I'm at my highest anxiety moments, even when I had a really terrible week, um, I still know that I'm worthy and I still know that it's not forever. And I still know that I will get through it. Whereas before I knew that I loved myself, before that I knew that I was worthy, I would have these bad weeks, I'd have these moments, and I didn't ever feel like it would get better. So it, it, it literally brings your foundation up to a higher level. I am now on the second floor, and I know that I can go anywhere from there. Um, so that's, I think that's the biggest difference is even in my lowest moments now it still feels so much better now that i know that i'm worthy of self-love oh i love that and would you say now that you know that you're worthy and have self-love that you even have less of those moments that you had before yeah i would say yes and no um yes i have less of those moments but it could also be that i have those moments but they don't feel as serious because, you, you know, we're still humans. We're still humans. We still have emotions. We're still going to react. We're still going to respond. But we know that it's not the end of the world. Um, and so it doesn't feel as serious anymore. Right. Um, so those moments, right. yeah. No, I love that. Oh, we, we only have a couple of minutes left. And and what I a point that I wanted to make before the end of all of this to everybody is we have a lot of people come on that have conquered stuff like cancers and diseases or horrible accidents and have rebounded. We see movies and we see television shows of those people who were athletes and then they lost their ability because of a car accident or any of those traumatic circumstances and we look at the humanness and our uh, ability to be able to rebound and grow 
but I wanted to bring Kimberly on because it doesn't always have to be a a typical obvious crisis that allows us to grow. Here, Kimberly wanted to do something for herself, take a big step, a big leap in order to be healthier because she wanted to have children in order to be enjoying life the way she saw other people enjoy it. And it motivated her to take a big step that could be a crisis-like as far as the level of stress that a person is going through. Definitely what Kimberly went through um, could be the same and very similar as far as stress level to what somebody else might be going through from a car accident or something along those lines, right? It still is that type of, mm -hmm. of detriment in life. And she was able to do it through taking those steps of self-love. And quite honestly, anybody who goes through a crisis in order to rebound must take that step of self-love. Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for joining me a second time. We're out of time now. And um, and you got to come back again because I love hearing you. Um, it, it makes me so proud. And I don't mean to say that, um, you know, as a as a parent, like, oh, good, you're finally saying some good. You've always said wonderful things in life, but it's amazing to just hear you with this. So thank you so much for joining me and coming on. I know you and have a busy so schedule because you again. work for your mother and she's a tyrant. Oh, my God. She makes you work so hard. I know that. <laughs> Um, no, I'm no joking. well, thank you. I loved being on, um, and thank you for having me again. And I will come on whenever you want me to. Absolutely, you're a great inspiration, and others need to go and find you. You you have some Facebook Live um, programs out there. People need to listen to to come back, and you know you should be starting a YouTube channel for people, hon. I told you this. You I need know. <laughs> inspiration, whether it be for weight loss or anything else in life. Well, thank you again, and thank you all for joining me. I am Vincent Jenna, and this is the Stop Stopping Yourself show on Unity Online Radio radio, psychic therapist and spiritual teacher, and the world is filled with inspirations and knowing that we can achieve all we want. I love you guys. Believe in yourselves and take that step of self-love because you can achieve anything you set your mind to from that point of view and then continue it. So everybody have a fabulous week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.